This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris well, 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 here we are back again. You know, that's how I started the radio show yesterday. Well, well, well. Yes, yesterday was the radio debut. Not the first time I've ever been on the radio, of course. Hosted for my my buddy Stan on his show, Don't Back Down, a few times. Been a guest many times on different shows. But this time, we've got the microphone, 100% an overused term anymore, right? 100%. But it's true. It's true. My own radio show to do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't work quite like that, does it? Anyway, I'm very excited about it. It was a great time down there, a great show. And I want to tell you more about it. Anyway, the well, well, well opener. I guess it kind of works, huh? Well, well, well. I don't know. Give me a couple days to think about it. I might feel differently about it. I don't know. <laughs> Seems cool for now, though. Well, well, well. I saw this story. It's just you can roll into anything with that. Hmm. I might be on to something. The ultimate transition. The ultimate audio transition. Well, well, well. <laughs> I mean, you could use it. I'm, I think I really am. It's just This just came to me as I started talking here. You're like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Nobody cares. Nicole Kidman lied about her height. I see this story, and I, of course I have to click on it because um, I'm tall. Well, I never had to lie about my height. And, you know, I actually kind of take that back now that I think about it. Um, I have uh, said that I'm 6'5 and a half when pretty much 6'6". And I think I'm like a smidgen under 6'6". I I rounded down, kind of for the same reason. It's like, yeah, it's tall enough. It's tall enough. Anyway, I didn't. But I, she says that um, you know she was embarrassed. They got to you know turn it into some. Pretty pretty soon she'll have a GoFundMe up. Okay, <laughs> her and her three-legged dog. My feelings were hurt. Oh, yeah, she got called names. What was the names? That's what I wanted to tell you here. What was the what was the most hurtful thing? Uh, I was teased. People would say, "How's the air up there?" And she was called stalky. Oh my! How horrific! You know, I was also uh, teased for my height at times, including in boot camp. And you know what those drill instructors did to me? Yeah, I don't have a three-legged dog, but I have feelings. <laughs> they used to call me Lurch, whack me on the back of the head with a stick. I had a helmet on. Whack me on the back of the helmet and make me say you rang. <laughs> it's funny as hell. I freaking punch one of those drill instructors right in the head, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I never really got upset. I didn't like it. It pissed me off. But I don't remember my feelings being hurt. I don't remember, you know, going around the squad bay lying about my height. 
you know, I'm really not that tall. <laughs> I'm really not large. She, <laughs> uh, Nicole Kim, she's going to qualify for a Purple Heart for hurt feelings. That'll be the next big move. Good God. Reading the whole thing made me realize that I think in our, at least in our country, that the feminine voice has gone too far, right? And I don't mean that to be chauvinistic. I'm just saying things have gotten out of balance the other way as far as, you know, there's a matter of degree. I'm not saying everything all the time, but it's just this, you know, all, all the news is, is, you know, how did you, how did it make you feel? And I'm over here, I'm like, I really don't care how they, they feel. It feels cold. Everybody's whining. It's called winter. Does anybody not know how to prepare? And I'm going to digress on this a second, too. Does anybody not know how to prepare for winter anymore? It's called uh, snow tires, gloves, hats. And if you're like me, you throw a little base layer on. Oh, yeah. I don't know why more people, then you put the proper base layer on. You say, well, Chris, I work in an office, but you're going to have to go outside. You put the proper base layer on, and it allows you to breathe when it's warm and be warm when it's not. It's called being prepared. Nobody does it anymore. Snow tires? Come on. That's just an unrealistic expectation these days. I don't know. Someday, someday, I see we're gonna have to return to it. The salt they're having to mine deeper and deeper, and um, I don't know. Who cares, right? We'll just keep going the way we are, I guess. Everybody's whining about how cold it is. It's cold. It's like people in places, you know, down in Texas. It's cold. Can the electric grids every every time? Every uh, why is the mainstream media always attacking the Texas electric grid? You're telling me that's like a, some big cause that they care about. That's like the one piece of infrastructure that the the, the liberal media actually cares about is, is the Texas independent electric grid. Horrific, isn't it? It's probably one of the smartest things that Texas ever did to be able to control their own electric power. Pretty smart when you think about it. I think, too, when you think about it, you know, generating electric. And is there anything illegal about generating your own? Like, is there anything regulatory? Does anybody know? I mean, certainly if you're going to go nuclear, right? I would imagine, you know, pressure vessels are regulated, at least in Pennsylvania, potentially even residential. You could have a little four-unit apartment building with a state-licensed boiler if it meets a certain threshold. So, you know, if you're going to sell anything, there's weights and measurements. But I think it's the... The Public Utilities Commission here that regulates that, but I'm just saying, if you wanted to, if you wanted to build your own windmill, which you could do, is there any regulatory process that would stop you? I don't believe there is. Now, question there becomes, you know, can you heat with geothermal? Does anybody know about the performance of geothermal in, in very cold conditions? You could have a wood backup, really easy enough when you think about it. In that situation, geothermal, it's acting like the heat pump, but you're going to get a constant, you know, temperature from underground. Should work. I don't know. I wonder why you couldn't just pump the air out of the ground and use that. Anybody thought of that? Or is that the way geothermal works? Maybe it is. I don't know. I know you dig the wells. I thought it was a, 
There's like a, a coil that went down in there, a copper coil. Anyway, I'm sure I could look it up. But could you generate your own power? I don't know. The smartest thing Texas ever did. When you said, well, you can do solar. Yeah. I don't think other than like building permits and any zoning laws, you can no other regulations. So I suppose, I don't know, something that can go really off grid and not solar. Solar is too unreliable. Water, flowing water, wind is unreliable. Do a combination, all the above. Passive solar, uh, photovoltaic solar, wind, and water. Hmm. Interesting idea. This is uh, interesting. This guy's 93 years old, and they're saying he's as fit as a 40-year-old. I don't. Th- I don't agree with that. If you look at the photos, he does not look like a 40-year-old. Let me see. Yeah, he doesn't look 40 at all. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the guy looks uh, looks in great shape. Richard Morgan. I want to talk about this a little bit. This guy's living to 93. And on a rowing machine. I hope that's me. I do. All right. So there's a couple interesting stories. Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer's big secret. Did you see this story going around? The big secret. They're closer than ever. Schumer and McConnell. You know, the, the, the leading senator and, and I don't know if you'd say leading Democrat. Does anybody think this is a surprise? You know, it's interesting how things evolve. Back six years ago when I started the podcast, I did this bit. WW, uh, the, the, um, the politics has become like WWF old school wrestling. You know, you've got these these teams that one day they're enemies, the next day they're on the tag team together. They're all in it together. It's all a show. And we're the victims. That's the bottom line. Anyway, do you see what happened in Iowa? I find this all very hilarious that you know, the whole world is watching what goes on in Iowa. Like like the Iowa Republicans or the Iowa voters, rather, some great political gurus. I, why does Iowa get to take No disrespect to Iowa, the politics there or anything like that. It probably is a great place. It's got to be better than Pennsylvania, I'll say that, but. I'm just saying, what's what's with the Iowa? But anyway, it is. I guess, you know, I, I guess you'd say that it has to start somewhere. Why does that have to be one? I really don't understand. It all seems like a scam to me. Well, lo and behold, the Democrats go and pack the vote. I don't know what the real term would be, but they convinced a bunch of Democrats to switch parties at the last minute and vote for Haley, Nikki Haley. And this is, you know, the Dem- so obviously then the Democrats feel that Biden would be better off running against Nikki Haley than Donald Trump, right? (laughs) So you got to look at it in the opposite. But anyway, it was that little voting indiscretion that I wanted to point out. And how do you stop that? Uh, I don't really know. Maybe you say you can't switch parties for the primary after a certain date, right? And maybe that date is pretty far in advance. You say, look, if you haven't done it by January 1st of the year prior, then you can't vote in the primary. I think I might be in favor of that. I'm sure somebody would get screwed by that in some circumstance. But the point is there needs to be you know, fairness in the system. 
And I'm going to talk more about this, this fairness in the system. I brought up the topic last week. I actually went back and I said just laws on the podcast. I was so embarrassed when I said it. I'd like switch gears for a little bit. Uh, because, you know, who talks like that? You know, doot, 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 doot. Hey, buddy, how you been? Good, good. How's the kids? Hey, you want to talk about just laws? <laughs> now, I mean, this is not a, a, a conversation over a beer, even if we want it to be casual and conversational. It's not, really, you know. So we do talk about other things that are deep, more deeply philosophical. Anyway, I was just like, just laws. I'm going to come up with a better term. I mean, it's simple right and wrong. Fairness, I guess. And when you have elections that are being so heavily manipulated, it's not fair. It's not just. So either way, you're coming back to the same point. I don't know. McConnell and Schumer in bed together. Has anybody ever really trusted either one of those yin-yangs? Aren't they both lawyers? It's un- I'm telling you, the problem with the lawyers in this country is horrific. Let me hear from a lawyer. I'm not trying to pick on lawyers. It's not the profession I'm picking on. I, mean, I guess I am, but <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I'm not trying to be discriminatory. I know there's good lawyers out there. Find me one of those. Nah, they're out there. I'm kidding around about that. But, man, these guys get in politics. And they, I was listening to Biden talk about the push for multi-fuel it was, just, it was just a money-making opportunity for the politicians. He said it right on there. I think they go through a class. Ocasio-Cortex, she graduated with honors. Remember? She couldn't pay her rent. Then she shows up for the first State of the Union in like a $10,000 outfit and a $10,000 watch. And nobody really blinked an eye. I mean, the mainstream media certainly didn't report it. Trump, they were just beating on him. He wasn't going to get into that detail. She was talking about, this is how politicians get rich in office. And the next thing you know, she's rich. She should write a book, How to Get Rich Quick in Office. <laughs> That's That would sell. Let the world know. Well, listen, it's not just me. Here's an article from Politico. And, of course, it's going a different direction because Politico, like all the media, is sad. And the headline is... Uh, <laughs> Why the world is betting against democracy. This is really interesting. Let me Before I get into the meat of the article, I want to just tell you a couple things about this. Why the world is betting against democracy. Um, it's a fictitious, 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 yeah, fictitious statement. I was going to say fictitious. Jesus. Fictitious. I was saying it correctly, and I was actually going to try and say it wrong. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why the world is betting against American democracy? That's a lie. No data to support that at all. Now, who's the article? Uh, who's the headline? Nahal Tusi. Can you say AI? Either way, no, it can't be because Nahal Tusi says right here is Politico's senior foreign affairs correspondent. She has reported on war, genocide, and political chaos in a career that has taken her around the world. Her reported column, Compass, delves into the decision-making of the global national security and foreign policy establishment and the fallout that comes from it. In other words, she's a CIA operative. (laughs) It's an AI bot controlled by the CIA. (laughs) That's what all that means. 
When I asked the European ambassador to talk to me about America's deepening partisan divide, I expected a polite brush off at best. Foreign diplomats are usually loath to discuss domestic U.S. politics. Instead, the ambassador unloaded for an hour, warning that America's poisonous politics are hurting its security, its economy, its friends, and its standing as a pillar of democracy and global stability. What ambassador? Um, this goes on in more drama, including dropping the F-bomb in here. I guess if you're Politico senior whatever, you can do that. I can't do it. I'm not allowed to do that. I, don't, I guess I am, but change the rating. Talking about the Iowa caucus here. This is, this is a great statement here by Nahal. <laughs> the diplomats are aghast that so many U.S. leaders let their zeal for partisan politics prevent the basic functions of government. This is big. Why is it being talked about in these cryptic terms? Why aren't we going after these people? They're destroying our country. So, and this goes on and on. It's all her opinion, which I I believe I happen to agree with here. As I'm scrolling through this, uh, I did read the whole article. I did. You can read it yourself. It's in the show notes. Uh, But there's nothing to back up this statement um, in terms of data that the world and she has some kind of poll. But that being said, we're in a serious rut, and it really does affect the rut. We are supposed to be the gold standard of democracy, freedom, and a republic. And the gold standard right now doesn't look good. It's not very shiny, I guess you could say. I don't know what you would say, but we got a lot of problems. And I think the world is seeing it, including people that would be happy to do harm to us. And I don't know, with the politicians, I think it's getting worse, the political division. Anyway, uh, in other news... Biden-Harris campaign is the largest war chest of any Democratic candidate in history. Can you believe that? (laughs) It's unbelievable. I mean, what do you even say to that? They're laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, at the end, you know, here's the thing. This is how can, this is why, it was Kamal Harris is saying, we will win. How can you be so uh, confident? This is why. Because they're sitting on 120 million bucks. They're like, we can buy as many votes as we need. I think that's basically what they're saying. We have enough money to buy the necessary votes. What else could they be? I mean, it's all it seems to be about in politics. How much money have you raised? I guarantee you, if I walk down to the Democrat headquarters down here and I said, hey, I want to run for office as a Democrat, the podcasts, my lifelong Republican registration, broken only by periods of independent. And I'm not waving the Republican flag, by the way, at all. Um, I'm with Cat Turd on this one. They suck. Just almost as bad as the, the Democrat Party. But anyway, if I went down there to the Democrat Party after everything, even that statement, and I said, hey, 
I went around and said, you know what they're going to ask me? How much money have you raised? Uh, what about those things you said on your podcast? They're not going to bring it up. Not that they would know anyway. But they wouldn't even check. Now, somebody else might because they'll backstab each other. You know, if somebody else like, no, I wanted that nomination. Sorry, Charlie. I got five million bucks in the bank and you got nothing. <laughs> you know, when they get angry, well, he's not really a Democrat. It's on his agenda at all. And that's when I come out and play the victim. <laughs> These smear tactics against me are clearly a dirty, underhanded attempt <laughs> to sway voters. I have not and will not. Ay, ay, ay. I couldn't do it. Don't get too excited. Uh, this is crazy. Fannie Willis. She's what? The uh, Georgia prosecutor down there, right? Do I have that right? That case is done. She's having an affair and paying the other part. It was a man or a woman. I don't even know. And uh, paying the, the lover consulting fees through, on the government dime <laughs> at higher rates than the lawyers. <laughs> Ask the lawyers if there's a problem with the lawyers. Uh, this is a story here about Ron DeSantis and uh, apparently getting a lot of pressure to bash Trump. And, uh, you know, the problem, DeSantis, just uh, way out of his league there. You know, he, he's another one. He came out of nowhere, and he's not, he always had the right thing to say, right? He always had the right thing to say. And, and I don't think that, you know, some of it was great theater, great for the news. You know, he'd come out with those press releases and, you know, very, very entertaining. But from a business perspective, I don't know that you go after Disney in the public world. And I've said this so many times. Look, you know, when I have a problem here in our township, guess who I call? The chief of police. Normally, I mean, there's other, I'd call other people. I usually email them, you know, and uh, usually gets right back to me. I have that connection. I don't go to the newspaper or Facebook. This is what most people are doing. Oh, I call the chief. And even if he can't directly handle it, you see, he's got clout down there. And besides that, he's the only one that likes me. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> you got to have one friend down there. But I remember, um, I think it was the CEO of FedEx was complaining something about Trump. And I'm like, why don't you call him, dude? You're the CEO of FedEx. You got to be able to get through. Call your senator's office. Are you representing? Like, I need to talk to the president. How do you make that happen? That's how you do it. So if I'm the governor of Florida, before I take down the international iconic business of Disney, which is huge to the Florida uh, economic ecosystem, <laughs> you know I don't talk like that. Um, <laughs> sounded funny, though, didn't it? Coming from me. Anyway, it's a big business for their Florida down there. Now, and... You know, we've all, I told you, this has all gotten to be such a team sport. We're all like, yeah, kill them. You know, kill Disney. 
I think I might have even been on that rant once or twice. But do we really want that? No. We love Mickey. Put, put him back under copyright. What are we doing? <laughs> Is that the problem? That the copyrights expired and Disney went loony? I don't know. But anyway, my point is, if I was DeSantis, you know, I would have been calling and at least attempting to go that route. You know, you got to understand the basic ways of dealing with people, saving face, allowing people a way out. You know, you get into a conflict where your desire is the destruction of the other side. You're in for a big battle because nobody's going to willingly roll over for that. But you just you set up. The, only the possibility of an incredible fight. And I just never really think in those terms. You, you always want to leave the door open to a resolution. I don't know. I'm sure there's exceptions. But DeSantis, the Disney thing, it was great. You know, it was great for the news, and we all you know got a, a jeer out of it. But the guy's not ready to be president. He's not even tall enough. It's funny to say that, but, you know, you're going to be a, a world leader at five foot two. Now, it's possible. It's pretty discriminatory for me to say that, right? Hey, you know, you don't know what it's like to be called Lurch and whacked over the back of the head. So give me a break, would you? Yeah, how's that? I can play the victim, too. Um, anyway, DeSantis is a schmuck and uh, should have dropped out of the race a long time ago. I could have said that in the beginning, right? China's stock market is in free fall. After a rocky couple of years for the economy, Chinese stock market appears to be in freefall now, with authorities asking institutional investors not to sell stocks in an attempt to stabilize share prices as uh, foreigners are pulling out. Let's sit down here. I don't know. Another story that um, void of facts. Plunged by eight, uh, 1.77% between Monday and Tuesday. It's nothing. Compared to a year ago, the index is down 30%. There you go. Could put that in the beginning. Sounds like something I would write. <laughs> it puts the most important part last. 30% year over year. I don't know that I would call that free fall, would you? Britain feels that they're facing wars in Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea in five years. They say that the world is in a pre-war phase. Why is this? Why is, you know, this has been the plan. The global war on terror, this is all just an extension of that. Do you realize that? Britain at war with Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea. I don't know that we want that war. Does this say the same thing? Five flashpoints, Russia and Ukraine, China, yep, Iran and the Middle East. This is what they're predicting. Why? Because they're planning it. Unbelievable, really. This is nuts to me. Listen to this. This is from the Daily Mail, so, you know, but I, I don't have any reason to believe this isn't true. Chinese scientists create, in quotes, I don't know why, a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a 100% kill rate in mice, and they admit there's a risk that it could spill over to humans. So I would imagine that there's a fair amount of, um, you know, unnecessary drama added to this. But maybe not. The virus was discovered in pangolins in Malaysia, 
and mammals that are known harborers of coronaviruses and were heavily speculated to be the intermediate host that passed COVID from bats to humans. What's a pangolin? I never heard of that before. Let me look this up. Have you heard of it? This got the like this scaly thing. Looks like a fish, but on land. Why is this taking forever to come up? Because of H AI there. I don't like it with this one. Yeah, this thing walks around and it's got scales. It rolls up in a ball. And they say that this thing is I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. Pangolins are known harbors of COVID. I don't believe it. Um, this guy's holding up this thing that's supposed to look by, like a virus. This is all a big scam. Talking about disease X. Have you heard about that? The next pandemic. Well, this stuff does go through. There's no doubt about it. Why are they messing with it? It's very deadly. First report, port showing the um, pan- pangolin coronavirus can cause a 100% mortality rate. Um fascinating really you know what we should do the chinese are doing that kind of research we should we should uh fund it we should send our american scientists over there to help them that would be the you know to speed this up a little bit this is very interesting also by the daily mail hmm sense of pattern what's the pattern lots of doomsday stuff more than half of the United States' 25,000 cities are predicted to become ghost towns by 2100. Will your area be affected? Um, this is uh, really a very ridiculous, what happened here, uh, story, thought. Researchers use data from 2000 to 2020 to predict what 2100 will look like. How are they doing this research? The team warned the implications of this massive decline in population. Researchers at the University of Illinois Chicago found that in a modest scenario, around half of the cities could lose up to a quarter of their resident population if fertility rates continue to decline and the exodus from cities gets worse. This is all bunk. I think the whole thing is bunk. You know, now you say immigration, but the, the population continues to rise. It does. It's showing here Braddock, Pennsylvania, had a population of 1721 in 2020, down more than 20% from its 2010 population of 2,159. These small towns, if that's what they're talking about, like Braddock, yeah, I could see that being returned. But you'll see new cities pop up then, too, I would think. And why isn't somebody doing that? Why isn't somebody developing, like, a whole city? It would take a, a company to do it that needs a workforce. It'll happen at some point. I don't believe the article at all. I think it's a false prediction. Um. Anyway, that's – I don't – most of this doomsday stuff, you know, this Chinese-created mutant virus, 100% killing in mice, that doesn't mean that it'll be 0% killing in humans. It really doesn't. And these things mutate even as it becomes, you know, it has to mutate to infect humans. But they, they said all this fear-mongering, and it just 
you know, freaks people out. And you know what the simple answer is to, to making yourself, um, you know, less uh, exposure to COVID? Get outside more. You know, I'm no doctor. I'll bet you it's better than, than um, certain treatments. How about if I say that, keep myself safe? Anyway, this guy at 93 is fit as a 40-year-old. I'll just say this, since I want to keep this at 30 minutes today and kind of keep my discipline with things with everything going on. I didn't even give you a chance to talk about the radio show. Um, let me say this about this guy, and I'll tell you about the radio show quick. Um, the guy's 93. He's on the rowing machine. Um, I don't know about being as fit as a 40-year-old, but, hey, the guy's still going, and I think the proof is that you can keep going. There's no reason why you have to stop. I wonder how much people die just because they gave up, that they quit. They didn't want to put any effort into it anymore. Anyway, without going down the, you know, the, that rabbit hole of death and despair, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and do something to build up your body. Do a couple of push-ups. Do a little hike. Do some body weight squats. Get some kind of a workout going and then just repeat that on a daily basis. That's this whole story right here. The same thing that I've been telling you. I got to get out of here. But uh, let me make a note before I forget. Radio show link. I'm going to put the radio show link. It'll be the only link here in the show notes. Uh, if I get time, I'll also put it on the website at ChristopherScottShow.com. But I, actually, the best way to get it is just go to ProjectChaos.org. The links to the radio show are right on there. ProjectChaos.org. Uh, if, you, if you listen to the podcast, you're a fan of the podcast, I would appreciate you going and, and giving it a listen. I will be posting that uh, as a podcast. Currently, the Beasley Media Group app allows you to play the show live, and, and you can play it at any time on their podcast link. But you can't play it currently through any podcast player, like Apple Podcasts or uh, what the heck is this one that I use? I don't even remember what it is anymore. I should I should know because uh, Overcast. There we go. Overcast is, in my opinion, the best app. Although I'm not happy they add commercials on my stuff without my permission, but that's another story. Overcast is a great app. The, this show will not currently go out on Overcast or any other Google podcast. It's not going to go out yet. I will be posting it out there, you know, in the in the podcasting uh, ecosphere, <laughs> and uh, soon. I don't know how soon. I'm going to wait till we get some episodes, and we'll see if we can, you know, get the email list built up. ProjectChaos.org. If you would go sign up for my email list there. Go check out the radio show. You'll be happy you did. Uh, what's going on there is truly exciting. I'll have to tell you more about it another time. And the way I was treated at the radio station was just, um, I felt like Elvis. I really did. It was a great opening debut. My brother Michael chauffeuring me down there. Uh, how well I was treated. The producer, the people from Beasley, the sound engineers. Um, it was incredible. I'll tell you more about it another time. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Sure hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.